Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone, Lexi here. Super Sleuth's book three, The Smuggler's Gold, is on its way. But in the meantime, we're going to bring you a different story every week. Welcome to the Super Sleuth Saturday Story Club. This week, it's Theseus and the Minotaur. On the Greek island of Crete, there is a labyrinth. A stone maze so complicated, no one has ever come out alive. And in the centre of this labyrinth, a young boy, dressed in white, stumbles and falls on the hard stone, crying out in pain. He is not alone. From behind him comes a low breathing, the sound of a hoof pawing on stone. It hears the young boy's cry. It stops, listening for its prey. There is a flash of red, and the eyes of a monster slowly materialise in the gloom. The young boy raises his fists, swallowing hard with terror, but determined to fight to the very end. A hoof hits the stone floor. Closer. Hot, rancid breath comes in snorts. The red eyes gleam. Then, with a hopeless scream from its latest victim, it strikes. Once upon a time, in ancient Greece, a terrible feud existed between two kings, King Minos of Crete and King Aegeus of Athens. The two men hated each other. King Minos's son had been killed when visiting Athens, and Minos was determined to get revenge. He set sail with his fleet of warships to punish Aegeus for his son's murder. Minos laid siege to Athens and threatened to burn the city to the ground unless King Aegeus promised to send a tribute of seven noble boys and seven noble girls to Crete every year as a payment for the loss of his own son. To save Athens, King Aegeus had no choice but to agree. But what happened to the Athenian tributes when they arrived in Crete? The young boy at the start of our story was one of them. One by one, the tributes were locked into a complex labyrinth, at the centre of which waited the Minotaur, half man, half bull. Not something you'd like to bump into right in the middle of a dark, scary, incredibly complicated and totally inescapable maze. And the worst part? The Minotaur had developed a taste for young Athenian flesh. After years of Athenian sacrifices being sent to Crete to be eaten alive by the crazed monster, the people of Athens had had enough. King Aegeus's own long-lost son Theseus had recently returned to Athens in a blaze of glory. As soon as he heard about the tributes, he volunteered to be one of them. As you can probably guess from the fact that he volunteered for certain death without any real plan, Theseus wasn't exactly the winner of Brainiest Hero in Greece award. However, he had been successful fighting various monsters and murderers on his way to Athens, so he truly believed he could kill the Minotaur and put an end to the Athenian sacrifice. To put it bluntly, our hero Theseus is a bit of an arrogant show-off. Oh, here he is now, strutting down the street, blonde hair flying in the sultry Grecian breeze, tanned arms and legs rippling with muscles. Theseus spent a lot of time in the gym and a lot less time in the library. He was so confident about his imminent victory over the Minotaur and the heroic welcome he would receive that he'd actually made up his own little chant. It went a little something like this. 
Oh, I'm Theseus, I'm the best. I will always beat the rest. I'm coming to the Isle of Crete, the Minotaur to finally defeat. Go me, go, go, go me. Come on, guys, join in. Go me, go, go, go me. As our wannabe Minotaur Slayer was launching into a third chorus, a servant from the palace came dashing up to him, waving his arms urgently. Um, your royal princeliness, the servant gasped. If you would like to go to Crete, uh, the Minotaur to finally defeat, you'd better board the ship. It's ready to set sail. Sure enough, a huge vessel was waiting at the port, heavy black sails unfurled, ready to catch the wind and bear the Athenians across the sea to Crete, to the waiting Minotaur. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, thanks, uh, servant guy, our hero replied, sweeping his sun-streaked blonde locks out of his eyes. Theseus high-fived the boys around him, gave them a cheerful wave and said, See you in a bit, lads. And with that, he sauntered nonchalantly towards the ship, still whistling his victory, Go Me, chorus. And don't forget to change the colour of the sails to white if you beat the Minotaur, the servant yelled after him. Your father will be watching from the cliffs for your return but the reminder was lost in the rush of wind and water and a hearty final burst of, Go me! Go, go, go me! The voyage went smoothly and they soon sighted the island of Crete. Theseus polished his sword with his tunic, catching sight of his rugged good looks in the metal sheen and gave himself a small wink just to build up his courage. An armed guard was at the docks to greet him and the other tributes, and Theseus was manhandled rather roughly onto land. Cries of, Hey, don't you know who I am? completely ignored by his captors. The tributes were marched through the streets filled with jeering Cretans and down some dark stone steps into the palace dungeons. Shoved into a small dank cell deep underground, Theseus was stripped of his precious sword. The door slammed, a key grated in the lock, and our hero was alone. But not for long. After what seemed like only a few minutes, the key turned in the lock once more. However, it was not the lumpy guard who had slammed the door on him a few minutes before. It was a girl, about Theseus's age, and she was staring at him, her arms folded. Our hero jumped up in astonishment, trying to adopt a casually cool attitude in the face of this unexpected visitor. Hi, he said, sweeping his slightly less luscious than usual blonde locks to the side of his ever so grimy but still very handsome face. There was no response from the dark-haired, dark-eyed girl, apart from a slight narrowing of her eyes. Uh, Yeah, so I'm Theseus, uh, Prince of Athens, and basically I'm here to beat the Minotaur into a pulp and, like, save the day. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and I've got a chant and it's really cool. Let me just drop the beat for you. It goes, oh, I'm Theseus, I'm the best. I will always beat the rest. I'm coming to the Isle of Crete, the Minotaur, to finally defeat. Go me. Go, go, go me. Yeah, and by the way, you're, like, hot smoking. The girl stared at him her eyes even narrower than they had been when she first entered the cell. Then she flicked back her ponytail, jutted out her chin and began to speak. I'm Ariadne, don't call me hot. A silly pretty girl, I really am not. I have a mind as sharp as a pin and a brainy idea to help you win. Ariadne, go, go, Ariadne. There was a stunned silence. Theseus, his jaw having dropped to the floor, looked even more the gormless muscle man than usual. Whoa, he said, nodding his head. Impressive. Ariadne, right? Yes. Can I call you Ari or like Adney? No. 
Oh, cool, yeah. A strong woman. I like it. <laughs> Ariadne rolled her eyes. An awkward pause descended. Theseus wasn't really used to girls who challenged him. He normally went for the adoring type. So, uh, Ariadne, what can I do for you? I think it's more a question of what I can do for you, she replied. And it's Princess Ariadne, minus his daughter. And she held out her hand for him to shake. Princess Ariadne, delighted. So, about beating this Minotaur guy, any ideas? Well, considering this Minotaur guy is a raging half-bull, half-man monster with a distinct lack of social skills who has spent his entire life locked up in a pitch-black labyrinth, stuffing his face with the brightest and best of Athenian youth, I'd say it's not looking good, Thesi. Yeah, but come on, Ari, uh, Ariadne. You're Minos's daughter. You know this place. You must have an idea. How good are you at mortal combat? Ariadne asked. Well, I'm pretty good, actually. Crowned wrestling champion every year since I was a kid. Know my way around a sword. If I had my sword. The problem is, even if you can defeat the Minotaur, you'll still be trapped in the labyrinth. That's the whole point of it. It's no good slaying the monster, only to wander around crying for mummy in the pitch black, looking for a way out until you die slowly from thirst. Thanks for the positivity, Theseus grumbled. You're welcome. It's called reality. Now, do you want to hear my idea or not? Yeah, please, please. Take this, Ariadne commanded, and from her pocket she produced a ball of thread. Uh, what am I supposed to do with that? Knit a sword to kill the Minotaur? <laughs> Theseus snorted, looking askance at the thread. Ariadne stared witheringly at him. No, that's thread, not wool. I thought you were supposed to use your wrestling skills to kill the monster. I do have skills! I wrestled a bull before now! Our hero cried, remembering the time he had defeated the Bull of Marathon with no sword to help. But how's this wall or thread or whatever going to help? What you need to avoid is getting hopelessly lost once you've defeated the Minotaur, Ariadne explained. Take the thread with you, tie it to something near the entrance and unwind it as you move through the labyrinth. Then, once you've killed the Minotaur, you'll be able to follow it back out and not get trapped in the maze. Brilliant! Theseus breathed, looking down at the innocent-looking ball of thread and reaching out his hand to take it from her. Now wait a minute, said Ariadne, snatching it back. This will absolutely save your life. Agreed? Agreed, nodded Theseus. So I want something in return. Oh, our hero replied. You want to make a deal? Yes, I hate it here. My father is cruel. I mean, he feeds innocent children to the Minotaur for fun. I have to get away before he marries me off to some idiot. And you're going to help me. I propose this. If I give you the thread, you promise to take me with you aboard your ship when you escape. Deal? Theseus thought about this for approximately two seconds. Deal, he confirmed, and he held out his hand to shake on it. They did, and their eyes met. See you aboard your ship. Ariadne said quietly. Good luck, Thesey. Thanks, Theseus nodded, and before he could say anything else, she had thrust the ball of thread into his hand and disappeared. Early the next morning, the lumbering guard returned and unlocked Theseus's cell. It was time for Theseus to enter the labyrinth and to face the Minotaur's waiting jaws. He was marched down the corridor to a different door. The guard unlocked it, pushed Theseus in and said... Good luck, you're going to need it. Dinner is served, Minotaur! (laughs) 
the door slammed on his wheezing laughter, and Theseus was left alone in the eerie darkness. He paused, listening. He thought he could hear a grunting, a snorting and a stamping coming from somewhere up ahead in the centre of the maze. He took out the ball of thread and tied one end around a stone lying near the door. Then he set off into the depths of the labyrinth. The further he went, the tighter the corridors grew. He slowly lost all sense of direction, at one moment feeling like he was going back on himself, the next as if he was going up, then down. One thing was certain, he was being drawn inevitably towards the centre of the maze. A huge figure, broad and muscled, breathed in the darkness, nostrils twitching, hooves stamping, red eyes gleaming. The Minotaur was waiting. Snap! Crack! Theseus's feet crunched on discarded human bones underfoot as he approached his foe. The Minotaur faced him, raised up on its muscled legs, its huge broad chest covered in dark hair, as was the bull's head crowned by powerful horns. The monster stared at Theseus and opened its massive jaws. Welcome, boy. It's time to die. No time for questions. Say goodbye. The Minotaur, they all call me. I'm going to eat you for my tea. The creature gave an angry snort, lowered its head and charged. Yikes, thought Theseus as he skipped neatly to the side. That was a close one. OK, that's how you want to play, is it? He cried. And when the Minotaur turned to charge at him again and gore him with its vicious horns, Theseus was ready. He jumped lightly, with great speed, and used the horns to fling himself onto the monster's back. He held on tight as the Minotaur bellowed with fury, shaking itself to left and right in a desperate attempt to fling Theseus onto the stone floor. But Theseus hung on grimly, waiting for the beast to tire, as he knew it must. Eventually, the bellowing and stamping and thrashing lessened, and the Minotaur's strength seemed to ebb. This was Theseus's moment, and our hero didn't waste it. With the strength and skill born of years of wrestling, Theseus wrapped his arms around the Minotaur's throat, completely cutting off its air supply. The now-weakened beast shuddered and jerked, trying again in vain to throw the young man off, but Theseus was too strong, and he wrapped his arms even tighter around the monster's neck. Slowly, agonisingly, the half-man, half-bull lost consciousness and fell forward. Theseus gave one last squeeze, and it was done. The Minotaur had been defeated. Shaking slightly, Theseus moved away from the huge figure. He picked up Ariadne's thread and followed the winding trail back to the entrance once more. Theseus reached his boat with no trouble, pausing to unlock each of his fellow tribute's cells. Fortunately, the Cretans were holding a banquet in celebration of their latest victory over Athens, so they were all able to slip unnoticed down to their ship. Ariadne was already aboard, and they quickly set sail. So, Thesi, she said, grinning at him, nice job. All in a day's work for us heroes, you know, Theseus replied, smiling back at her and shaking his hair from his eyes. Once they had put a safe distance between themselves and Crete, the ship stopped at the island of Naxos. The exhausted tributes fell onto the sand with relief and fell fast asleep. 
A few hours later, Theseus sat bolt upright. He wasn't sure what had woken him, but he suddenly knew, without a shade of doubt, that he must leave Naxos immediately. He must sail back to Athens, and most importantly, he must not bring Ariadne with him. He looked at her peaceful, sleeping face and felt a pang of guilt. But after all, he was the hero. He didn't want to have to share the glory with some annoying girl always going on about the ball of thread that had really saved him. He was the victor, coming home in triumph. Yes, best to let her stay here and sleep. So, waking the other Athenians very quietly, Theseus and his crew boarded their ship and set sail, leaving the solitary figure of Ariadne still fast asleep alone on the island. Standing at the prow of the boat, Theseus grinned broadly, anticipating the hero's welcome he would receive in just a few short hours. Meanwhile, his father, King Aegeus, had been keeping a lookout for his beloved son every day from the high cliffs of Athens. All he could think about was sighting the returning ship, remembering what he had begged Theseus to do upon his return. If he had failed and perished in the Minotaur's lair, the ship's sails would remain black. If he had won, they would be changed to white to signal his triumph. As Aegeus gazed out onto the calm blue ocean, he saw a speck moving steadily towards him. Could it be? He craned his neck forward. Yes, it was! It was Theseus's ship. He was sure of it. He leaned forward even further, squinting, desperate to make out the colour of the sails in the dazzling sunshine. And then he saw them. They were black, as black as the despair which now engulfed him. His son, his Theseus, dead. Overcome with grief, King Aegeus threw himself from his cliff-top lookout into the sea far below him. It has been called the Aegean Sea in his honour ever since. Far away, on the peaceful island lush with greenery, Ariadne awoke to find herself alone on Naxos. She blinked, smiled and stretched luxuriously. She had found true freedom at last. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Saturday for some fun fables. See you next time. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.